I really think that food is the most noble way to get to know other people. The most noble space to get to understand other cultures. And food unlocks, just like music, just like poetry, they unlock a door that allow for conversations to happen that you couldn't have otherwise. I am Patty Hinich. I am a wife. I am a mother. Una mamá. I am a chef, a cookbook author, and a TV host. Patty is the Mexican-American chef whose PBS television series, Patty's Mexican Table, is turning more and more viewers, including me, into Mexican cooks. But there's a lot more than cooking going on at Patty's Mexican Table. It is by way of food that I've been able to bring walls down and lift bills up because by eating, you're kind of putting your rationale and your thinking on the side. And you're taking your whole self with your whole senses, your smell, your vision, your listening, your feeling, and your understanding things as a more fully human without prejudices. Welcome to another episode of the America the Bilingual podcast. I'm Steve Levine. Our guest today is an American bilingual whose life has taken her from one capital, Mexico City, where she was born and raised, to another, Washington, D.C., where she once cooked for the Obamas in the White House. To describe Patty as an award-winning chef is a bit of an understatement. Let me go back a little bit to all the awards that you've uh, the won, being the resident chef at the Mexican Cultural Institute, your PBS series, Patty's Mexican Table has won, I think it's three James Beard Awards, Gracie Awards, Emmy Awards. Is there one award in particular that is meaningful to you? Maybe a little bit above the others? To be honest, no, they all mean so very much because they are all in different spheres. But there is one award from the international business organization called Council of the Americas that Patty is particularly proud of. The council presented it to her a few years ago. For being a top five border ambassador, doing work to connect the U.S. and Mexico. So today, as an ambassador between Mexico and the United States, how important is your bilingualism in what you do? It is crucial. I couldn't do without it. I feel like I am doubly blessed. I always tell my kids that because we have that Spanish and that English, we have double access to so many blessings that the language gives you. It's the culture, it's the music, it's the food, it's the art, it's the literature, it's the traditions. And at the same time, we have a double responsibility. We have to do right by both of our cultures. 
One way Patty does right on her TV show is how she talks to her audience on Patty's Mexican Table, which, by the way, is now in its 11th season. When you, we speak to the camera, you're always speaking in English, but you don't lose that connection to whoever you're speaking to in Spanish. It seems like it must be very difficult to do that right. Is it, is it very hard for you? Well, it's a fine balance. Having the cameras and the microphone gives me access. You know, people just let you in and they invite you into their homes and their kitchens and their lives. I feel such a strong sense of responsibility to do right by the people that I'm meeting, by the stories that I'm telling. I want to do right by giving them the most agency that I can. I feel like now I'm very comfortable at the point where I am because I can have the conversation fully in Spanish with, you know, the people that I'm connecting in Spanish. But I don't feel like I have to translate the conversation. Patty is seeing a change in America. The mainstream audience in the U.S. has become so much more open and welcoming to other cultures and people, and they're willing to listen to conversations in other languages while reading subtitles, the stories are that much better, that much more genuine. And people would rather see those stories as they flow in their natural language and see the natural interactions. And I sense that you don't have to because when you speak to us English speakers, you give me some context too. And you may use a Spanish word, we're talking about this, and this is what that is. And and it, it's a wonderful way to learn Spanish. I would venture to say that half of my audience speaks English with no Spanish or very little Spanish, but they love the Spanish they're learning. They feel like this is a bridge, that they're getting access to another culture and another language, and that this content is enriching their lives. And the other half of my audience are Spanish speakers and they see me doing right by our language and our traditions and our culture, and they're very happy. So I think that it's building a bridge both ways. There's another bridge between our two countries that Chef Patty is building, and that's along the border, La Frontera in Spanish between the U.S. and Mexico. La Frontera is also the name of the docu-series that Patty has created for PBS. But there's so many threads that weave the tapestry of who we are. And, and we meet, you know, fascinating people from sports people, artists, producers, chefs, cooks, all kinds of people in their borderland communities. To me, they come at such an important time when so many of us Americans view the border as a blight, as a problem, as a danger zone. When we go there with you, you show the beauty that's going on and the people and, of course, the food. But so much more than that. When we talked, she and her production crew had already aired the first season's episodes. So season one went from... El Paso and Ciudad Juarez to Brownsville. And we're now going into season two. And we're going from San Diego, Tijuana, back to El Paso. Do you stop in uh, Mexicali, Calexico? Yes. We do the Calibaja region. We, we visit with the Mexican 
Chinese community were with the Tohonoram Nation in Sonora, Arizona. Where I mean, it's just so many fascinating stories of richness and diversity. Spending so much time at the borderland, is it ever dangerous? I think it's dangerous wherever you may want to go. You know, go to Mexico City or go to Chicago or to Detroit at 3 a.m. in the morning, somewhere people are telling you not to go to, and you're going to be in danger too. So I think you just take your precautions, you know, of where to go and what not to do. What should Americans know about the border that they may not know now? I think that is such a great question, and that is what this show is all about. It is all the unexpected beauty and richness and diversity. I mean, the natural beauty, the sky islands in Arizona and the parks and the animals and the richness in fruits and vegetables and culture and mostly how the people in the borderland communities are enriching, not just the border. Patty shared some examples of this enrichment, a unique chili pepper grown in New Mexico's Hatch Valley, a variety of Native American corn that grows in just two months in Arizona. Coffee and wine in the Baja region. I mean, there's so much that's going on in terms of economic activity and development and technology and so much business that's, you know, creating wealth in both countries. And so many diverse groups of people. The U.S. and Mexico just rub each other nonstop, 24-7. You have the Spanish and the English connecting all the time. But then you have the different immigrant waves that have made it to the border. So in parts of California and Baja, you have the Chinese. In El Paso, Chihuahua, you have Syrian Lebanese. Next to Tijuana, you have Haitians. In some spots in the border, you have the crypto Jews. And then you get there and you realize, wait, you know, Tex-Mex is different in the Rio Grande Valley than in San Antonio, than in El Paso, than in Brownsville. And the language is surprising. And you get to the border and there's a third culture. It swims in English and then... You know, it swims in Spanish and it flows and like a switch, you turn it off and on and you really don't understand it until you get there. Now that you are firmly established in both countries, cousin countries... Are there misunderstandings that Mexicans have about Estadounidenses, about about Americans? I think there's just as many misunderstandings uh, from Mexicans to Americans as there are from Americans to Mexicans. And I will be the first one to raise my hand. When I moved to the U.S., I used to think, oh, we Mexicans have so much history, so many traditions, or cuisine is like thousands of years old in the U.S., has a very young history and cuisine, its cuisine is not going to be as diverse or rich as Mexico's. And I've been humbled time and again. As I started traveling throughout the U.S. to share my Mexico, I started tasting the United States and realized there's so many different regional cuisines and beautiful traditions. 
These aren't the only other traditions or languages that Patty embraces. My grandparents, on my father's side, uh, they were Polish immigrants, refugees fleeing from pogroms, and they spoke Yiddish in their home. So I grew up listening to Yiddish from my Polish grandparents. My grandmother was a fabulous cook. They came from Polish farmers, so it's Ashkenazi food, Yiddish food. It's, it, you know, it's just so enriched with the, with the flavors of where it travels. She used to say when she made something that was really yummy, she used to say that it had mitoizentamen, uh, which is in Yiddish, and it speaks to something that you put in your mouth having a thousand flavors. And that is the way in Yiddish that you say that something has what we in Spanish call sazón. Sazón is when somebody has a knack for cooking. And it's not just adding enough salt. It is, it is also about the joy of life. Hearing Patty talk about her grandmother's Yiddish expression made me think about all the comparable sayings in Spanish, the dichos and refranes, as they're called. Since many of them involve food, I thought it would be fun to get Patty's take on some. Our producer, Fernando Hernandez, who is also Mexican, joined in the fun. I have a confession, which is that as a Spanish learner, I've fallen in love with dichos and refranes. And um, Fernando, what are you wrote down a couple here too? Would you, would you say um, a todo se llaman cena? What's that one? A todo le llaman cena hasta una tortilla con sal. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I love, I love, yeah, you know, it's the taquito de nada, a tortilla, uh -huh. a corn tortilla with a little sprinkle of salt rolled over. It's called a taco de nada, a nothing taco, because it is a taco. And, and yeah, that is, you know, it's a beautiful way of saying where there's a tortilla, there's a meal. So what does that dicho mean? A, a todo se llama cena. A corn tortilla is Mexico's daily food and it's incredibly accessible and affordable and humble and beautiful in its simplicity. And it's a big part of our culture where there's a corn tortilla, there's a meal. And it will be for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. As long as there's a corn tortilla, you have dinner on the table. Yeah, it has also the um, the meaning, the double meaning that people can conform with anything. Yeah, that's true. And I think it has to do with our culture. Mexicans are very accessible. We're just like our food. You know, I always say that our, a food of a place is very much like its people. And I think Mexicans will just bend over backwards. We're just accessible, very accessible. We're incredibly accommodating. You know, give us a place to sleep on the floor that has a clean mat, we'll be happy. Give us the four seasons with a plush bed, hey, we'll be happy too. We, we accommodate. I think wherever there's a Mexican home or kitchen, everybody's invited. And you know, if you had made food for four and ten showed up, you're just heating more tortillas and making thinner tacos, you know, but everybody's eating. And I think that is common for all Mexican homes or kitchens that I've been to. How about this one? Le echas 
mucha crema a tus tacos. Oh, that's a fabulous one. <laughs> you tell that to someone when they're bragging or they're exaggerating things, especially about themselves. They're like embellishing things too much. Now say it correctly for me since I mangled it. Le echas mucha crema a tus tacos. Like, don't brag so much. That's a lot of cream on those tacos. <laughs> exactly. Because cream is fabulous on tacos. So it's like, okay, you're just like making it sound too fabulous. And here's one I, I use almost every time on, at a at a nice uh, Mexican restaurant. Barriga llena, corazón contento. If you've had an amazing meal and you're full and satisfied, your heart is happy. And you say full stomach, happy heart. Speaking of full stomach, happy heart, Patty has also published several cookbooks. I asked her about a comment she'd made in one of them. And you mentioned in your book that you speak English, but you try to keep Spanish going. So how's that going in your house? We're a fully mixed home. We speak Spanish, we speak English, we do Spanglish. That fully mixed home includes Patty, her husband, and their three sons who were born in the U.S. My husband, though he grew up with a much better English, he says that I speak Spanglish in a very random, capricious way. But I always tell him that my Spanglish makes so much sense because you can't just throw a word in Spanish and say, I'm speaking Spanglish. You know, there are <laughs> rules <laughs> to that kind of a third language that I see it as a beautiful language and it is the world I inhabit. This third language of Spanglish is a world that more and more of us Americans inhabit. And I really think that that third culture that you find in the border, that that third culture that has Spanglish, that knows English really well and Spanish really well and uses different terms for different things, I believe that that third culture is increasingly expanding into the rest of the United States, making the rest of the United States not lesser, but richer. I think that some people are afraid of people not being wholly and solely of one thing, as if being many things makes you less. You know, you have to prove that you are 100% American or 100% French or 100% Catholic. When having pieces of different things just enriches yourself and your environment. Lucky for all of us, Patty is not afraid of being more than one thing. Otherwise, she might have continued on her earlier path of being a political analyst after getting a degree in political science and studying at the London School of Economics. But with her husband's help, she realized that policy work was not what fed her soul. If I've learned one thing is that you can accomplish so much more by feeding people and connecting through food than um, sometimes the gridlock that happens with political analysis and conversation where things tend to be overly narrowed or labeled and I've learned that food really helps connect and it is you know food and culture and language are the soft powers that slowly but surely just bring people to their common ground. We hope you've enjoyed this episode with PBS cook and cultural ambassador Patty Hinnich. 
Be sure to check out our episode notes on americathebilingual.com to find out where you can watch La Frontera. We'll also capture those dichos for you that you heard the three of us laughing over. You can read about other inspiring American bilinguals in my book, America's Bilingual Century. Details are on the book page of americathebilingual.com. My thanks to members of the America the Bilingual team who worked on this episode. Fernando Hernandez from his production house in Guadalajara, Mexico, Esto No Es Radio, which also provides sound design and mixing. Also to Mim Harrison, our editorial and brand director who wrote and directed this episode, and Carla Hernandez at Daruma Tech, who manages our website. Thanks for listening. For America the Bilingual, this is Steve Levine.